This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? What's happening? See, I've changed the, the intro to this, or I've been trying to do different things. Instead of going, what's up, practitioners? <laughs> that is true. You sound like when you do it, whenever I go back and edit, I always think about the old boob tube we had where it would like heat up. And yeah. yeah. What's up, practitioner? That's, what's up, practitioner? That sound is always what I think of. Dude, yeah. I actually think I'm going to go back to that. That's cool. That's cool as crap, bro. I think I'm going to go back to that. <laughs> you do you, boo. I don't care. All right. So, still in making all things new. And if you are here for the first time, welcome. Um, let me catch you up. Because all of the previous conversations we've had are very important now. They were important before. But now it's actually into the purpose of this series, which is to explain to you why spiritual discipline is important. So Henry goes on this explanation of, Henry Nowen goes on this explanation of being filled yet also unfilled. Our lives are, are filled with busyness, worry, anxiety, and yet we still feel unfilled. We feel unfilled in um, the busyness that is our life. Um, and then he goes on to talk about the kingdom of God. And he talks about Jesus' participation in the kingdom and what that means for us and how we do Jesus things is what we kept saying over and over again last week. Do Jesus things. Do Jesus things. The pursuit of divine likeness leads you to do Jesus things. And so Henry sets all of this up as a basis. And it's all about to become very, very important. He titles, so he ends um, the, the Jesus part, or the our lives portion of this, excuse me, with set your hearts on the kingdom. Mm. Because that is... What Jesus did. Jesus was about the kingdom, therefore we should be about the kingdom, and we need to set our hearts to the kingdom. That is the center point that is our life as Christians. That is the constant in the busy and unbusyness, is the kingdom. So he titled this section of the book, Set Your Heart. Mm. And he opens with, with the spiritual life is a gift. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit who lifts us up into the kingdom of God's love. <clears throat> and then goes on to say that a spiritual life requires human effort. What is a spiritual discipline, Cullen? 
a discipline or an action that requires discipline to further your spiritual your spirituality yes work you got to put in the work got to keep grinding you got to put in the work it, yeah in a similar but also different way in which we typically fill our lives yeah. with the busyness right yeah, I mean, I say it all the time. There's there's a reason it's called a discipline. It, it's not because these things are just easy. Yeah, um, they take discipline to get them done. And he, <coughs> excuse me, um, he even goes on to say that a spiritual life without discipline is impossible. He does say that, which it, I would agree with him very much. So I would agree with him. Um. You cannot pursue divine likeness unless you have the discipline to pursue divine likeness. Um, yep. And then he goes on to say, through the practice of a spiritual discipline, we become attentive to the small voice and willing to respond when we hear it. Um, blah, 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 blah. For it is clear that we are usually surrounded by so much inner and outer noise that it is hard to tr truly hear our God when he is speaking to us. In the hustle and the bustle, our, our, our minds are so busy, filled with worry, anxiety, the what-ifs, the what-do-I-need-to-dos, that... We come to this place where we are not still. Mm -hmm. And I think about the the psalm, and help me kind of work through this a little bit more because I don't remember the context of it um, and the way he words it. But the, oh, the lead me by still waters thing. Oh, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, yeah. The lead me by still waters thing. We are not at peace. And we, at that point, cannot hear. It becomes much more difficult to hear the voice of God. There's a reason sometimes it's called a still small voice. Other times it's not. So, like, I don't know if that's always helpful. But he still does speak in that still small voice. And I think the point that Henry is trying to make is that in the hustle and bustle, it does become harder and harder to understand your place in the kingdom. Well, I think that, I think you're right. I think it's because we become distracted. Um, a friend of mine, her name's Erica Graham. She gave a sermon and one of the main points of her sermon, she gave a sermon on the burning bush mm. and the burning bush is a miracle. Right. It, it's supernatural. It's a bush that's it's burning, burning that's not, not consumed. consumed. Yeah. What you don't understand reading that story as a Western listener or a Western reader is that those small kind of tender fires happen all around that region all the time. Yeah. And so it's nothing to walk by and see that something like that burning. The thing that draws Moses to it is that it's not consumed. Yeah. Erica's point, and I think she's right, 
do you miss the miracle of God happening around you because you're too distracted to notice the difference? Yeah. You could walk by a fire every day and be like, oh, well, it's just dry. Yeah. Or if you're not distracted and you're actually admiring the way that things are happening around you, you can go, wait, there's something different about that one. Yeah. And God's trying to meet me here. But because we're so busy and distracted, mm. we miss it. I actually really like that. And I like the way that that goes into this. Henry breaks up spiritual disciplines into two categories. And I don't think I disagree with him. Solitude and community. Um, yes. <laughs> all of the spiritual disciplines that we will talk about on this podcast, all of the disciplines in the Spiritual Discipline Handbook um, by Adele Calhoun... Um, even the prayer practices can be broken up into in solitude and in community. Yeah. So today we're breaking down the solitude portion. And Henry's going to talk about this in a bit. Um, it is very important to set up this conversation, though, that Jesus did this. It's kind of vital, actually. It's extremely important. Um, and it's important to two different, like, it's it's important to a lot of the gospel writers, but it's really important to two gospel writers that Jesus is in solitude, mm -hmm. Matthew and Luke. It's yeah. really important to both of them that Jesus is alone Yeah, at certain points in the narrative. He says that solitude begins with the time and place for God and him alone. That word alone there is very important because in the hustle and bustle of your life, you largely are not giving, you might be giving parts of your time to God or pieces at, at different times in the day like we do. When life gets stressful in our work day, we stop and we do breath prayers, right? That's a piece that we are giving to God, but it's not dedicated to God. Yeah. That moment is not dedicated in solitude to God. <clears throat> um, to bring some solitude into our lives is one of the most necessary, but also most difficult disciplines. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Even, I would say, for the less active Enneagram types, I would still say that that's difficult. Um, and he goes on this whole thing and talks about um, that in moments of solitude, it becomes difficult because you are now alone with your thoughts. You are now vulnerable. Your mind is not distracted. And now all you can sit with is your pain, your trauma. And I think that's very true. I think that is very true. Um, which I find interesting because in those moments of solitude that you were supposed to be giving to God, we could 
be giving the, the pain and trauma to God in those moments. But you still have to confront it first, which I think is the hard part. 100%. Um, I mean, in the heart of me being separated from my wife who was having an affair on me, like, it's the being alone part that's scary. Yeah. Um, and it's because you're in complete vulnerability. Like, when you are alone, you are vulnerable. Mm. Um, and so it's scary, and you don't, you don't really release yourself into godness in those moments, even though that's what you should do, mm. right? In Matthew's gospel, and I can't remember if Henry's actually going to talk about this, but in Matthew's gospel, if you ever read Matthew's gospel, Matthew's gospel, the literary structure happens around mountains. Right. The most important moments in Matthew's gospel all happen around mountains. The cross happens on Golgotha, which is on a mountaintop. The transfiguration happens on a mountaintop. The feeding of the 5,000 happens on the side of a mountain. Yep. Like, all these major moments happen on the side of a mountain. The ascension happens on a mountaintop. And anytime one of these big spiritual moments happen, immediately after one of these spiritual moments that happens on a mountaintop, which I think there's a bigger thing here because Matthew is making Jesus the new Moses. And what is, where are all Moses' big moments? On Mount Sinai. Yeah. And so Matthew's doing something very like literarily creative and beautiful here. But in all of these big moments that happen on a mountaintop, the thing you see right after is the text says, and Jesus went alone to pray. Mm. Because yes, there are things that happen in community. There's also things that need to happen alone. And Jesus, the reason he can do some of the things that he can do is because when he gets in his moments of solitude, he actually turns himself, like the vulnerability that comes with being alone, he turns it into a spiritual moment and becomes filled. We don't do that. When we become alone, we don't give it over to God. We turn it into itself. And so our vulnerability becomes an anxiety, which becomes a fear, which becomes a problem. Here's a breath prayer for you, listener. <clears throat> oh, precious divine, bring me to the mountaintop. Mm. Mm -hmm. Those moments of solitude. Mm. And sometimes... You may need to ask God to calm your mind and bring you to solitude. Yeah. And because those moments of solitude can be painful, that is why Henry says that solitude is one of the hardest disciplines. It um, is. And he says it, that makes it the most important. Ooh. Um, oh, I'm sorry, not the most important. All the more important. That's what he says. 
Solitude is not a spontaneous response. He says this makes this discipline of solitude all the more important. Solitude is not a spontaneous response to an occupied or preoccupied life. There are too many reasons uh, not to be alone. Therefore, we must begin by carefully planning some solitude. Five or ten minutes a day may be all we can tolerate. Blah, 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 blah. I actually agree with that. I do, too. Um, I, I've i really struggled. Like, solitude is something I really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, oddly enough. And I don't... I, be, hear me here. <clears throat> if you were alone at home working, you were not in solitude. Yeah, okay. So I was about to make that... I was about to make a... Like, go ahead, preach. You were still interacting with the outside world that is outside of the relationship between mm-hmm. you and the divine. Yep. And now you are not participating in God likeness. Yeah. And in the in the way that you should be. And I'm going there in a bit, but go ahead. So the way that I do this, this is just my own personal way of trying to practice solitude is I'm really big on structures and systems. Um and so like I have a morning routine and I have an evening routine and I really just I found myself constantly being alone but yet never being in solitude and I needed to find a way to be in solitude like that this is just a huge like thing that if you read the biblical narrative like you just quickly realize like hey solitude's important but like I was always struggling to do it yeah and so I found a way that I can be, I could be in solitude. And so I put it in my nightly routine. Mm. I didn't put it in my morning routine because my morning's always a little bit different depending on what I've got going that day. Do I have my kids? Do I not have my kids? All those kinds of things. So my morning's always a little bit different. My evening, because by the time I get to my night routine, mm-hmm. whether I have the kids or not, whether I've worked or not, like all that doesn't matter. Yeah. So I put it in my nightly routine to do solitude. And so what I do is I turn on some music. Most of the time, it's some smooth jazz. Nice. Because, like... Yes. Because, yes. Because, yes. And I sit in my floor. I meditate. I pray. I reflect on the day. And I just stretch. Mm. I just stretch my body. I exercise a lot, like... I've got lots, I've had lots of surgeries, like my body just hurts and stretching has been helpful. And so I do this every night and I consider it my times of solitude. And I will tell you, there's not a single time I feel closer to God than in those moments. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is more or less where Henry goes next. He says in the beginning, Solitude feels so contrary to our desires. Those are his words verbatim. Yeah. Because we want to be busy. Mm -hmm. And so it feels hard to do. But once you do it and you make space for it, he says we develop an attentiveness to God's voice in us. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I would say that's a hundred percent true there. I, I feel like there are things, 
where even like when I sit down and have like a morning, like a devotion time, which I do five days a week, mm-hmm. um, most weeks, there are some weeks I miss it, obviously, cause I'm human. But when I sit down and have a morning devotion time, that time is not the same yeah. as what it is in the evening. Because it's first thing in the morning, I'm thinking about what I've got to do the rest of the day. I'm trying to get this done, you know, whatever. I'm distracted. Mm. At the end of the day, when I've done the busyness, Mm. and now I can stop, and I can say, hey, Jesus, now now it's your turn, undivided. That's not saying, hey, Jesus, I didn't make any time for you today until the very end. No. That's not what it is at all. I do breath prayers multiple times a day. I do. I pray the hours. Like I, I make lots of time for Jesus throughout the day. But what it is saying is like, this is time for you to work on me. This is something different. And and that I think is the key part here. And there there are multiple ways to do this, and we've talked about a lot of them on our our prayer um, series on this podcast. But one of them is the listening prayer. Mm. I think I think the listening prayer is super important um, in this conversation of solitude. I would too. The other one that I would say is super important in the conversation of solitude is some sort of active prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, Either, so I was going there next. Actually. Okay, okay. Go ahead if you want to. <clears throat> Lectio Divina. I think can be really helpful here and doing it in a way that when you're meditating on this scripture and, and Henry goes into this here where scripture uh, can be really helpful in this, um, but doing it in a way where you're meditating on a word or a phrase and then conversationally speaking with God as if he's right in front of you having a conversation about this word or this phrase, I think it'd be super helpful in this conversation about solitude. Yeah, I think so too, 100%. That's not actually where I was going. Oh, go ahead. Um, What I meant by active was actually going and doing something. In the narrative of Matthew's gospel... When it says, and Jesus went away to pray, Mm. more times than not, I get the sense that Jesus is almost like on a prayer walk. Oh. Hmm. Um, I don't, like, the text doesn't specifically tell me that, but the way the narrative reads, that's the sense that I get. Yeah. Um, And in the same way, I will tell you, lots of times changing the place and posture of your solitude actually is quite impactful for the fruitfulness that comes from your solidarity. Yeah. Listener, if you don't hear anything else from this episode, hear this. As we set up before, Jesus himself was really busy. (laughs) The Savior of the world, pretty busy. 
really busy. Pretty busy. And he made time to be in solitude. He himself made time to be in solitude. Because it allows time with him and the Father. It allows time to pursue divine likeness. In these moments of solitude, in these moments of God's still small voice, is where he's working on you. This is where you set time aside in your busy life to pursue divine likeness and allow God to work in you to make him to make you more like him so that you can do Jesus things. I want to leave you with this. Once the solitude of time and space has become a solitude of the heart, we will never be able to leave that solitude. We will be able to live the spiritual life in any place, in any time.